0: In addition to providing financing solutions in a traditional mortgage broker capacity, Abacus North provides direct loans that range from $2 million to $25 million. On a syndicated basis, they provide mortgage banking solutions up to $300 million. In most cases, their in-house capital solutions can bridge financing gaps that traditional lenders are unable to service. They specialize in providing land acquisition loans, construction financing for large-scale developments, income-producing properties, and single-purpose facilities. With a portfolio that includes high-rise, mid-rise, and low-rise condominiums, townhouse developments, shopping centers, agricultural properties, industrial developments, and medical marijuana facilities, Abacus North is at the forefront of creative mortgage banking solutions all right, everybody, we're sitting here with uh, with RJ tonight from Perth, Australia, and we we're just. What we were covering right before we started recording was, um, you know, like how, like the judgment that we feel on on social media sometimes when we put out content, like whether or not like we believe that to be a positive message or not, and then kind of switching platforms from Facebook to YouTube is in a on a quest to saying like, you know, people might because they're searching out this material might connect with it more. There might be less like so-called persecution or judgment for it. Um, like what is some of the feedback that you guys have got on Facebook or Instagram that would be you know negative or like you would feel that is negative
1: um so i've got instagram um as a platform to promote my personal business as well as uh, on facebook i've got my personal page as well as my um current business page which is lead to holistic life as well as a collaborated business with uh, my twin flame um and we both have this business called the Ohm Sisters. So we use the Ohm Sisters um, page to do Reiki videos. And to be honest, we ourselves have not known how much we could have given out because obviously we were doing it with no expectations, Um, but it had just been so mind blowing. So that's the positive side of it. Um, But negativity, yes, uh, there are, people who still are very closed up to topics about body image or uh, abuses, because as a person who uh, does trauma release um, on a regular basis for it, that's my business actually. So when, um, when I put out there posts such as about traumas or specifically physical abuse or sexual abuse, um, not everyone wants to receive that sort of message. So, which is why I only put it in my business page and I tag it on my personal page. So yes, there have been, um, but most of the time I would say it would usually come from family because Mm -hmm. not, not everyone, I come from a conservative culture, of course, back in Singapore. So when it comes to family, they're like, oh, why did you talk about your divorce? Or why did you talk about, um, the abuses that you may have experienced you know and most of the time it's coming from their perception that and obviously I, I pick it up instantly as a person who's practiced neurolinguistics. I know there is something in there that you're hiding which is why you feel you do not want to talk about it so judgment is of course a reflection of judgment within themselves that's where it's coming from so when someone's negative about a post or um, gives you their opinion in a, in a harsh or, you know, a way that they are not receiving the message, it comes from a, a place of, I don't want to talk about it and I don't think you should be talking about it. That's uh, what, that's what I feel.
0: And, you know, and I get, that is interesting, right? Because I, like, I don't feel as though like that we're probed at any point in times in our lives, like whether or not we're, 5, 10, 20, 30, 50 to actually like really understand why do we think things are offensive? Like, no matter what the context or, you know, whether it's a social media post or like a conversation you're having with somebody or an ad in a magazine or a movie or like any subject, like, we're never taught to really understand like where's that coming from? Like, why do we feel like we might have it and that we might think it's wrong? Like, we just kind of think like this is the narrative that other people should should you know like inhabit with me you know because I feel this way why don't you feel this way instead of looking at like well why do I actually feel this way because it might be wrong or quote-unquote wrong
1: yeah and and I guess it's expectations as well because of course uh, generational expectations that like for myself I come from a family where uh, education is a top priority so we absolutely strive and strive to gain good scores, even if if down the line, I actually found out I'm dyslexic. So studying was quite an issue for me. Um, But that was a value, that was an imposed value from the family. So if it's a belief system that's been put into you to believe that no, only education would get you success and not something like, you know, becoming a DJ or, or a tattoo artist or, or anything else or opening a cafe wasn't perceived as success. So that was not received because it was always put on the plate as you either become an engineer, doctor or a lawyer, you know, that that frame of and, and that boxed up idea that it only has to be this sort of occupation. So it's definitely a belief system that's been instilled in us since young and you know religious belief systems or you know home belief system domestic belief systems these absolutely compound our mindset Mm -hmm. as to this is how it should be and this is what you should talk about so yeah that's that's where i feel it comes from and and um most of the time it seems so and how we dress and how we talk and how we walk everything is is what's what's in our belief
0: system you know and it's really interesting you know like how you know through the course of time like obviously you know like there's always been like a fundamental value on like education You know, like whether people you know travel you know you're talking like thousands of years ago to like africa to learn you know where they travel like to india to learn you know, like it was always like a traveling quest field to, to learn and to be educated you know but we've kind of narrowed ourselves down to like these these few categories they're like what if there was no engineers? What if there was no lawyers? What if there was no doctors? Like, like what would we do? And like, there used to be like incredible value on like your hands, and I think we still kind of see that. In like, you know, in Japanese culture, where like you know, like sushi, you know, like it's an art, you know, like sword making, like it's an art, you know, like or you know, like in basic principles, where you know, everything is a practice. We practice breathing. We practice, you know, like being positive, or we practice being negative. We practice eating. We practice like everything, you know, but we used to value a lot more things. And I think when we valued a lot you know, more things that we offered people a lot more peace within their lives because you, know, like you could be the DJ, you could be the landscaper, you could fail at 15 or 16 different things because that was looked at as a part of like practicing and fine tuning what you were going to be and not saying that you need to be one of these things from birth because I've told you that you should be one of these things. And I'm also gonna tell you that you should be successful at it I'm also gonna tell you that you should be happy about it. I'm also gonna tell you that you're responsible for making me happy so that I can go break my friends that you're now an engineer, a doctor, or a lawyer.
1: Absolutely. And and uh yeah, you question whether you're actually a commodity, you know, like whether you're you and and this is where I I I'm truly grateful for that that conservative environment that I grew up in because I was more rebellious eventually and you know and teaching my children, like, go do it, go get dirty, go to the playground, get your hands dirty, not to worry. Just before you eat, wash your hands. That's it. I'm not like sanitize, sanitize kind of thing, you know? And, and it's not, um, we are, we are actually passing it on to them energetically. And I know where I got my, I need to clean and everything's needs to be perfect. Even the coffee mug cannot be in the sink. That sort of behavior was, for my mom, because that's how she used to be. And I'm just unconsciously watching it as a five-year-old or a six-year-old. But it's it's amazing how when you realize when you're 25, 26, you're literally doing the same things that you have been watching. So um well, the
0: things we said we would never do, right? I'm never yes. gonna do those things, I'm never gonna be like that, and then we grow over just it all like, damn it, I slid into that same lane. But it's the reason why, yeah. like, you know, like, my oldest daughter, like, I try to routinely ask her, like, as much as I can, like, like, what is something that I can do to make you happier to her, Like, what is something that I can do to, like, facilitate, like, your happiness, just to get her to think about it? You know, like, what is going to make me happy today? You know, like, what is something that I can do that, that I can connect with? Because I also really try to explain, you know, like, I do these things because I really actually enjoy them. You know, like, saying, like, here, tiny, like, I... There's like the two sides of social media, like the one that you're just scrolling through mindlessly looking at garbage, but there's another thing. It's like, hey, like let's connect with somebody from, you know, like Perth, Australia. You know, I'm in obviously Vancouver, BC, Canada, and it's like mm-hmm. this is the value, you you. This is the value of the technology, like seeing these things. Like this is how we can use it to be able to, you know, connect us all like in positive ways and realize that you know we are all just the same, you know, and like we all can do these things that and we're all in this quest to be able to find out what's gonna make us you know, happy we're on this quest to be able to say, okay, well, I know where the generation before me kind of like led me awry, you know, like what can we all do to kind of help coach each other down the road? Because we're just coaching this next generation of kids, you know, like that's coming up so that they can hopefully do a little bit better job too.
1: Yeah. And, and isn't that the main quest? Mm -hmm. That we are a catalyst for the next generation where we are trying our best. We are molding ourselves, learning from them as well as fine tuning that knowledge that we are giving back to them. So it's amazing um, what our main quest from the universe is exactly. And just to touch on what you said, like um, there's two two communities in social media where we've got the scrolling community and we've got the other community that wants to just connect and go into oneness, which is where, you know, I've, I've, no longer resent social media, where there was a point of time that for three years, I was not on social media at all, because I was just working in my corporate job intensely. And, um, but, you know, somehow you you get pulled back into your quest, which I, I certainly believe, like, we are magnets, where we get pulled back to where we belong. And social media is now more of a platform for me, I would say, because that's the law of attraction that I've tuned myself into where I want to use it to pass the message down and also to help those who are trapped in their traumas, which they don't realize is causing a pattern in them and causing that up and down lifestyle in them where they, and they don't know or don't feel inspired to reach the destination. Mm -hmm. So my quest on social media is absolutely different. And of course we have the, we have the power to say, I'm not going to follow this person because this person's putting too much cat videos and I don't like cats, you know, like we are not, our hands are not tied in social media. And, and so I also believe that if judgment rises upon a certain person or a certain kind of group, remove yourself. And, And refrain from judgment because judgment is what causes a lot of negative uh, vibration within us. Mm -hmm. And if you're ready to look into that judgment, by all means, follow the page and, you know, and ask yourself, why do I have this judgment And, and narrow it down? But if you feel, no, this is purely judgment because this is negative for me, then yeah, remove yourself. But to to how do you say to go forward and tell someone that look what you're talking about is not uh, is out of line and if that's on a on a positive level that this person is actually posting and you feel no i don't want to look into it i would say of course step away from it because you're not ready for it and yeah even with nlp work you always have to be ready in order to to break that glass ceiling yeah. of of judgment. So yeah. It's big yeah. social media triggers a lot of judgments, definitely.
0: Oh, for sure. And you you so you kind of give me like a, a few things I want to talk about. But first, I want to kind of get like a little bit of like backstory. Because you you mentioned that you were in a corporate environment and you stepped out of that, I believe, and you kind of followed more what was your righteous path in life. So, you know, kind of like reel it back, you know, for us, like explain like how did you get into the the corporate environment? Did you always connect with it? Was it just, you know, kind of out of, like, family moral obligation, you know, to be able to get there, get the the degree, get into the corporate setting? And then, like, how did you feel when you were there? Like, why did you decide to take a step out? Like, like spill the beans, fill us in.
1: So, um, I moved uh, from Singapore to Perth in 2008, a month after um, I got married. And, um... I was in hospitality in Singapore doing well and uh, yeah, I was actually absolutely doing well. I was getting promotions and stuff, but then we decided to move. So when I moved, I moved into hospitality again, which was to hotels. And um, my ex-husband, of course, he was uh, in the army uh, back in Singapore and he came through um, to be a mechanic. And now he, I'm really proud of him where he is now. He's, And he's done really, really well. Um, And in Singapore, a mechanic is not looked at as uh, a successful position, because it's of of lower wages. But here, he's doing really well. So as I said, but back to the corporate side. So I moved on from hotels. I moved into becoming a facility manager um, for uh, an international company. And, uh, and then I fell pregnant with my second child. Um, and due to medical conditions on her side, and also I fell into um, postnatal depression, I didn't go back to corporate. Um, and that was when my journey started where I got into an MLM business. And of course, in MLM, there's always personal development involved. So went on the journey of personal development and got my absolute aha moments, and um, and then fine tune, fine tune, fine tune. I no longer do MLM because I know that wasn't really my journey. That was just a catalyst. That which was, one did which, you get sucked into? <laughs> which one did I not get sucked into? <laughs> 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 There's so many, and I still do get um, you know invites to to become a franchisee which i politely and kindly um you know turn down because once you're on track once you're on the yellow brick road like dorothy was you do not move away from the yellow brick road yeah and uh and i just absolutely believe in that and whenever a distraction comes in mm-hmm. um i just i look into it i don't refuse it because i know the universe has an order of how it it presents itself. I take it, I look at it, try it. No, I, I'm back on yellow brick road again. It kind of catapults me um, more into the, in the path. So yeah, so corporate was basically uh, something I didn't t- turn back to as much as I did try in 2018. I thought, okay, I'll go back to corporate, but it lasted a month and I came out and I was like, you know like i said the catapult yeah. you take 10 steps back you you let go the rubber band you you fly ahead so um and then i got my certificates in reiki and in trauma release and nlp and and so on to start my own business so i would say i've been doing trauma release for over a year or a year and a half now and it's just amazing the results that i see from um, the clients that I help, and of course, my law of attraction is if you want to do the work, you put two feet in, not one feet in and one feet at the back you know and and no chasing of clients. You come, you do the work, and that 's it, and the flow's been there there's yeah. always there 's always a continuous flow of, and curiosity from from uh, friends on Facebook as well, like oh, what do you do, and what 's trauma release? Really? What is classified as a trauma? And it's interesting how um, people, I, I had someone even say to me, Oh, my mom used to slap me on the face. I was like, Uh huh. And I just looked at that. And they're like, Yeah, but everyone gets slapped on the face, don't they? Everyone gets spanked when they're kids. I'm like, That's trauma. That is considered trauma. Mm-hmm. And so that really hit the person hard because then when they, looked into what has happened to them in adulthood, They were like, yeah, um, my husband slapped me. My boyfriend slapped me. You know, that has happened in every relationship that was important to me. And I'm like, yes, because the trauma is trapped in you. So it's interesting how we think it it's normal to fall over or to hit our head constantly. But when we consciously sit down and analyze that, why is this happening to me all the time it's the pattern that's stuck in your skin so it's it's an i just love what i do (laughs) i just start turning back yeah why do you
0: think the the universe because like like i think the the i i hate when i say it's like the older they get but like the the more i understand what the energy inside me has in store for me and i look at it like like, yes, you know, like, we, we in house this physical form, this energy was put into this and it has this purpose is something that I need to be able to do, like with this energy and it, and it is connected, you know, like my cells are connected with your cells, you know, like our cells are connected with this earth, this earth is connected in our solar system, and it is that vast. Why do you think that your energy pushed you down the road to TRE eventually, like, obviously, like, you kind of course corrected and came into TRE and it's something that you connect with so much now, and you know like you're helping people you're you know drawing people to it because I know when I was looking through your profile, you know like it is one of the things that you know like that I seen on there that I wanted to be able to talk to you about so like it drew me to you to be able to question you about it so that other people can understand because I don't think that a lot of people even understand what TRE is or like what you said, even what people classify like as trauma and how our body is holding on to that. It's like, why do you think that you specifically were chosen to be able to represent TRE to people?
1: That's interesting how you say chosen because I was writing my journal yesterday um, of of things that were surfacing. Um, And of course, I myself have had traumas. Um, And my traumas started when I was five so um when i had to them or
0: is it too close to home like do you just because like it I, is very to.
1: close to home <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and you don't have to it's just a, a lot of people have a hard time like you know understanding or identifying like what it is or what it means to them and like just like hearing those stories usually helps people it's the reason why that on this podcast like i have chosen you know on the ones that i've done individually to really spill the beans about things that i've that have happened in my life things i'm going through in my life because like I never want to present the image that that I'm strong. I just happen to be strong enough to deal to deal with what's going on. But I never want to have to leverage that strength. Like I would be perfectly happy just to sit in this chair and kick back and relax. But like obviously we need to step up in those moments. That's the reason why I want to share with people is because I don't feel like any one person goes through less than another person in life. I don't think that any one person is stronger than anybody else. It's just we forget to how to be able to connect with our strength and the things that we are personally strong about. So the more stories that people hear, the more that they can understand, like, yeah, oh, actually, I am very strong in this, because what we do is we glorify how other people are strong doing what they're doing and forgetting what we're, where our strengths are at ourselves.
1: Yeah. So to start, okay, so I, I was brought up the first four years, well, based on my memory, um, I was brought up by my grandma. I lived with her. Um, I have two older sisters, um, four years and three years older than me. So I never really uh, felt connected with them because of the age gap. So when my parents moved to uh, a bigger home and when they felt that they were ready to to have me in the home as well, then I moved in. Um, but that's where my trauma started. So I went through physical abuse with my older sisters. Um, not really much with my second sister, but a lot from my older sister where I have bled. I have had chairs thrown at me. I've had, um, uh, you know, the bamboo poles, which were used for clothes hanging. This is very common in Singapore. So um, I've had that being used as a tool to hit me. Uh, It was every day I was walking on eggshells around her and um, it was, it was true. I do not have pleasant memories growing up because it was, she was a ticking time bomb. It was whenever she felt you're in her path, she just fling you to the wall or throw you down uh, against the wall and kick you. And I think it was I don't. I don't remember the physical pain anymore, um, but it was more of the emotional scarring as a little girl, where I was asking, "Is this what siblings are meant to do?" Mm-hmm. You know, as a little girl who had always been running around and playing, and you know, like I was free. And then when I go into this environment where I have to call two people my sisters, and and I'm like. Wow, I don't want this. So my this is interesting. And where I analyzed in my journal yesterday, because actually, this whole trauma thing came up yesterday, Mm. as um, it it was thrown back at me as a denial. She did not want to accept it. Mm. And, and um, also, about a year or so later, I went through um, sexual abuse. Well, I wouldn't say abuse, it was more like molestation, but it was violation. And whenever I got into an intimate relationship in adulthood, my trump card before intimacy was that I have been abused. I've gone through sexual violation as a child. So if I do not perform well in intimacy, it is because of this. Mm-hmm. I used that as a trauma card. Um, and when I met my husband, um, things were great. Things were fine between us. And after I left my divorce and when I started dating, I had already cleared the trauma and I realized I was no longer using that as a trauma card. So I, all my relationships Um, including my husband. It was a settlement. I was settling because I had this, I am not good enough because I have gone through sexual violation as a child. I have been through physical abuse as a child. So I am not good enough for a man who will lift me, who will um, accept me even with my, you know, family that I perceive as not good enough so I always settled in relationships and when I settled because of the physical abuse that I went through as a child I attracted men who domestically abused me as well Mm -hmm. two boyfriends before my husband they hit me they slapped me I had been thrown out of car before. And when I met my husband, things were fine. After marriage, the domestic violence started. Uh, Five months into the marriage, I ended up in the hospital where I had a bruised eye and a broken nose. And that's, even then, I still went to uh, a psychologist to to thinking that I'm the problem, still Mm. thinking that I'm the problem. And I went to the psychologist and the psychologist said, after three sessions, she said, "Oh, you're forgiven. Uh, the person who sexually violated you, you are free from that trauma." Mm-hmm. Um, and so I believed. And she said, "Now you can go on and be happy with your intimate life with your husband. You would, you would be fine." But the problem was still there. I was never able to. Um, how do you put it? It would, it would seem that. The person's not doing a good job. Yeah. Because I will, I would never be satisfied because of my I am not good enough. And if you are made this way, if you are molded this way, and if you're this person who has got expectations and because which comes from your um you know lower vibrational expectations, you tend to want to rise higher. And you would play that pattern in every way, so I played that pattern in every way. I climbed in my corporate life like very quick in promotions within six months, one year, you know quicker than others. I would get positions which others wouldn't get, but because of my "I am not good enough," I would self sabotage it mm-hmm. where if chaos comes around, because of course my vibration had chaos—physical, sexual, emotional—everything going on in there. My aura was filled with all this chaos, so there's no two ways that I was not going to attract it on the outside. So I would be doing fine at work, but somehow or other there'd be a chaos that would come through, and then I would look for reasons to pull out of the job, which has given me—it's what I asked for. This is what I wanted. But then I will self-sabotage it. I did the same thing in relationships. The only person who stayed was my ex-husband, who I married because his parents said, let's get you both married. So there was no exit button for me in that. And uh, yeah, I showed up in every way. At home, if, uh, if I was not happy with his presence, I'd get into the car, I would go away. If there was a tension coming in the form of love, I would exit out of it because I was so used to the chaos that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And this is where it was the tipping point. This is why I'm so passionate with trauma release, because when I cleared all these traumas in me, I saw the goodness, the calmness, the, the abundance that peace brings, that you don't drive too fast, that is chaos. take it easy don't 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 be a chaser in a relationship and don't chase a person who leaves you. That's chaos if there have been chaos in your relationship, let it go with peace. you know there's so much that we can learn from how chaos. Is is something that we we can tend to be attracted to as if it was a system in our in in our upbringing, but when we see the when we cross that fence and we see how damaging that control and that chaos has been, um, there's no way we turn back to it. We stay away from it. We move away from it. So but yeah, do you that's my story.
0: Yeah, do you think it's really um. Well, I think like the things that kind of come to mind there are um, a lot of people connect with like, like why, why me, you know, like why was I the girl who, you know, like stepped into the home with the two sisters who had, you know, an angry older sister, you know, like why was I the one who was sexually mistreated as a child? You're like, why am I the one who has to then deal with this and figure out a way to be able to overcome it? Um, You know, like, have you kind of got like any, like enlightenment from that side? Like, like, have you connected with anything? Like now that you've, you've overcome this trauma and you've seen the other side of it to, to like understand why you think like this, have you, or like what the circumstances are that thrust somebody like you into those narratives?
1: I've definitely, absolutely. I've definitely had days, you know, when, when I was, when I was clearing the first trauma, which which was the biggest impact, was the sexual violation. Um, I asked myself, "Why me?" And and that's where you learn to be in the now. Mm-hmm. Like, where are you now? Now, now I'm a trauma release practitioner, helping others who are going through trauma. If I didn't have that happen to me, if that if I didn't go through that journey at such a young age, at my age of programming, zero to seven, if I didn't have that happen to me, I would not be sitting passionately saying, this is what I want to do. Mm. And and I'm now actually going into edu- studying um, to help women who have gone through domestic violence or are going through domestic violence to tell them that it's not all right to forgive because it will happen again. Cause that was my mistake. I forgave him five months into the marriage while sitting on that hospital bed with bruised eye and broken nose. And the next day I opened the door and said, yeah, come back in. Mm-hmm. And yes, he went for anger management, but there were other ways that I was still being um, abused emotionally and mentally. Mm. And that is where I pulled the plug on the marriage because after things were rosy, we've got a house, a car, he's doing a good job and everything. That uh, domestic violence is off his records. Even We are citizens of Australia. But something that you cannot erase out is that this person that you're sleeping with beside you has done this to you before Mm -hmm. and yes there's still a teeny bit of of chaos in them that they don't hit you anymore but their words are still hurtful Mm -hmm. you know and that emotional scar is something that you cannot easily heal that's where you need to be away from it to be able to heal even if you're going to be separated a year or two and then you're going to get back together yeah fine but you need to heal you can't always be in the environment of the person who's done the deeds to you so why do i feel that i was the chosen one to do this job because the world the universe does need people like us to heal Mm-hmm. and no more patchworks. As I was saying, I kind of believe, I mean, I, I'm not putting down hypnotherapy, but hypnotherapy is only for for those who have cleared the traumas. Hypnotherapy is patchwork for me. Yes, you're programming subconsciously. I am doing this. I am doing that. I'm, I'm now living an abundant life. Yes. But if your traumas are still in your body, The negativity is still in your body. It will still vibrationally affect you. You can throw in as much of positive affirmations into your body every day. But what are the chances that your positive affirmations are not affirmed 100% and your negative vibrations neutralize them? And you're going to go through this cycle of I need to affirm myself, positive affirmation, I'm confident, I'm beautiful, I'm I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough. But how much of it do you feel that you are enough? You need to send light to your trauma and understand why it happened and what was the reason why it happened. And being the now, that's why you are here now. You are here to do this. That's why that happened. So, yeah, that's how we kind of find our true passion and mission, I would say.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think like, a, like what you were just uh, like alluding to there, you know, like what I connect with is that in how many precarious positions do we get ourselves in searching out for the repetition of positive affirmations? Because like that's a really dangerous road to walk down, you know, not yes. only for an individual themselves, you know but like the people around them as well you know because like obviously we have all these different coined terms for those individuals doing that you know like attention seekers or like attention whores you know like all that kind of stuff but like it's um you know it is a really surplus slope you know like what happens when you can't find that anymore you know I think those are the when you go one of two ways it's either like the acceptance of traumas in your life that makes you want to keep seeking that out or how far do you go to keep seeking out that new affirmation you know whether then that just doesn't become words anymore whether that becomes drugs or alcohol or sex or like anyone these things, self-harm you know like you see all these things kind of leak out and you know search for like another avenue for exposure you know, like, those are the things that, you know, become, like, you know, very difficult. So, you know, like, what do you think, where do you think that line is? Like, how do you think we recognize, like, when we get to that line, when we get to that point where, you know, we need to stop and say, this is as far as, like, what I can go before it gets too unhealthy. Because, like, I think a lot of people in today's day and age are sitting at that line right now of, like, I need the attention. I'm not getting the enough attention on what I want. And they're starting to tip over into like, you know, like um uh, like narcotics, you know, like whether it's prescription drugs or you know, like illicit drugs, or you know, like so like alcohol or sex or like any one of these things. Like what would what would you say? Like, do you do you have a way to be able to identify like that kind of moment or like, you know, through the work you've done, like do you see that moment quite often?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um so Obviously, narcotics, sex, you know, all that is external validation of your worthiness. Mm -hmm. You're trying to fill those voids from the outside in, but the work actually has to come from inside out. Mm -hmm. You project from inside and it reflects on the outside. So yes, you can put earphones on and have your affirmations going on inside, you need to be in, in that mindset, that frequency to receive. If you're just doing, okay, I've got to do affirmations. Like today, okay, I've got this, 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 to do. Like, to be honest, yes, I do gratitudes, affirmations, meditation twice a day. Yeah. I If I can't do my affirmations today, maybe it's because my system doesn't need the affirmation that to say that I am enough. You know, so having a list of i need to do this. this is just personal stuff one hour before you know the whole the morning yeah wake up five o'clock i do this yes yeah, successful people do this you know but it's how much of it is actually working in you how much of your cells and your vibrations are receiving it mm-hmm. you can like i said. You can do as many, and as you said, and you can do as many affirmations. You can fine tune your affirmations, but you need to believe that that is you. So the belief can only come from inside out. And if if you're still externally abusing yourself and putting affirmations on, it's yeah, maybe it would work, but it's short-term gratification. It's not going to last. When you get clear of what's the out, external validation that you're looking for, mm-hmm. You no longer would need that. And I, I still believe that it has to come from inside to seal that validation that you're looking for outside.
0: Well, and so, in and like how many people, because, you know, and I don't know what it's like in uh, like, you know, Singapore, like, you know, in Australia, but like here, like a, a, a narrative that we hear a lot, you know, and I used to be this way too. So I can speak with the utmost authority on this is that. I'm scared to get in my own mind. I'm scared to like have that alone time, like scared to meditate, scared to sit in the sauna, you know, like scared to sit in a float tank, you know, kind of like scared to be probed about what's going on because it forced me to face that there was something in there, but we're not taught to value that. And that's where like, you know, where like the systems of like affirmation or, you know, like these successful people do these things or, you know, like when, when people are like, well, what time do you get up in the morning? I'm like, what does it matter? They're like, well, what is your routine? I'm like, who cares? You know, like, well, like, what do you do? What do you eat? How do you train? you know, like, like, I'm just like, all that is irrelevant. Like, because the thing is it's not even relevant to me every day. And that's the one beautiful part that I think that you just said is like, I literally do not do the same thing every day. I don't typically wake up. I generally wake up around the same time. I generally do the same kind of things. But I have no strict, rigid routine that I follow because when I was that person, I felt that like it never even allowed me to be able to connect with that. I feel certain ways and not feel certain ways. Like I you know, have to grab a box of Kleenex and go cry, but just like I was not listening to my intuition at all. And really, I was guiding myself down roads that I thought I should be walking down again. Like. Life programming, social programming, family programming, all these different situations. But what I was forgetting to do is just, like, listen to me. And that's what really threw my energy and my vibration off is that, like, I was getting so far out of what was my natural character and, like, the things that I valued in life and the things that allowed me to be able to be successful. And, like, I just... I feel like so many people are they want to latch on to what other people are doing because these other people may or may not have found success when the one thing I've realized is a lot of these quote-unquote successful people are just hiding a bunch of other stuff through these like rigid systems now you have a whole like world of people glorifying like this so-called perfect system that's going to work and you know like what's your morning ritual and getting up before everybody else does and you know like all this, that, and the next thing. It's like, but it really is just a bunch of people running because they're scared to be able to understand what's really going inside themselves because when people come back with inside themselves and they understand them, understand their energy, understand their purpose, I feel like a lot of those people end up actually doing a lot less. But where they do a lot less, it's a lot more impactful. You know, because something like, you know, the question I asked you and like my mom, you know, like bless her soul, that you know, like, because I always used to say thing, say the same thing too. Like, why am I always in these positions where like I just feel like my the strength I have to persevere is continually being tested. And she always just used to say to me, because my mom, you know, was very faith based, and she has said, um, because God knows you're strong enough to be able to take it. And I'm like, and not being faith based, I didn't like like I didn't want to connect with that message at all, you know. But the one thing that I realized now is that it's not necessarily that I'm strong enough to keep feeling it, it's that I'm okay enough to share it. You know, like that's like what you said, you know, and and like kind of like what I was to at the beginning is that when we share our stories, we all realize that we have that strength inside of us, but by not sharing it is where like the chains come on and the prison that we live in is because like, we are just, we are too scared and that's where that trauma gets stuck in the body. And then it is that perpetual cycle. that just keeps manifesting like within us and that we break our own strength down. We don't feel like we're strong enough to be able to do anything, but just realizing like encapsulating that trauma inside of our body and not being encouraged to share it with it or not being in a society or a community that will value what you have to say. And you alluded to that where it's like your family doesn't want you to share these things that could. Absolutely. Heal you. And you're
1: nailing it on the head for me. You're absolutely nailing it on the head for me today because I actually, um, it was only yesterday that I told my mom about the physical abuse in detail. Just yesterday. Isn't but that it's crazy. because Yeah. And I was actually questioning myself. Am I mentally prepared to do this with you today? Yeah. But it's, I didn't want to stop. I'm a person who doesn't stop. If it's meant to be, this is all happening universally for me. Yeah. Because all these years, I, I was, Cool as a cucumber ever since my personal development um, journey. But it was like the universe is pulling up the mirror to me and saying, you have not come out with this. You have not told. You have not spoken. You have only told your mother about what has happened sexually. Mm -hmm. And she said, it's fine. And you felt, okay, she believes me at least now. But, of course, the, I would say, the uh, the helpers to what it, how the abuse happened, they do not want to accept it. And so there were still vibrations in me suppressing it because, oh, dear, what if my family and extended family knows about what happened to me? What are they going to think? And that judgment in me of what are they going to think was still in me. And as a person who believes in clearing judgment and as part of my mission every day to remove judgment. And when you're doing the work, if you've not done the work yourself, the universe does lift the mirror up at you. So yes, this, this happened absolutely in a timing that it had to, because it was just yesterday I mentioned in detail, what were the physical abuses and, um, yeah so you know
0: and I find that to be like the part of life that I choose to want to connect with investigate and explore more because it's like well for one if you kind of peel this all back well like why did I start this podcast you know when I did years ago and Mm -hmm. Why did we become Facebook friends? you know, like, why did you go through this? Why did you end up saying something to your mom yesterday? And then like, why are we both at a point where we can talk about that and understand, you know, from both perspectives, like what that really means? you know, like, like, how can you deny these factors? Like, I, yeah. like, I think it is so foolish for us to be able to like walk through life and to reeducate another generation saying that you shouldn't pay attention to these things. You know, Absolutely. like- like they and they happen all day, every day, and I, and again, I think it's one of the beautiful parts of social media is that you can now have these life lessons happen more, but we have to really understand like what a potential new face of them look like, but we cannot miss the ones that happen to us every day in our real physical lives too, because most people will want to not understand an interaction you know like at also like say like a real superficial one of this these things that happened today. So my oldest daughter and I were driving around and I'm trying to find, like I wear the shoes that have like the little toe pockets in them, like the five shoes. And like we drove around to like three or four different places to find, try to find them. And like everybody is stopped carrying these shoes in physical stores. And I'm like, well, why? But now the part of me, instead of being like irritated about why I can't find these shoes and it's like, I want to be able to get a new pair of shoes. I need a new pair of shoes. It's more like there's something there. Like, what's there now that I'm supposed to understand about? Like, why I was not supposed to get these shoes, say, because it's like we went to four major, major, you know, like national brand chains and nobody had them. But why? And I could easily get them off Amazon this morning because I had Amazon pulled up on my computer and I just chose not to. So I'm like, I'm gonna go to a store and get them instead. But it's like those, like, again, like I realize how superficial that is. But again, if we stop and look at every single one of those things that happens like through our life, like think of all the times when you felt like you wanted to say something about this trauma, like the sexual trauma or like the physical trauma happening in your like, but you, you forced yourself not to, instead of listening to your intuition, you know, because you know, like I praise Laura Interlandi for saying this on this podcast months ago, where she said, you know, like, you know, we have essentially like two moments that happen like when we react our first reaction is our programming if we wait long enough our intuition kicks in you know so I always just try to wait until the, the intuition like kicks in but it's like you know like why do you think like at all these years that you've stifled that not saying anything and then you literally say something yesterday like how do you explain that like
1: synchronicity yeah. that's my everything happens according to the time that it's meant to happen. When we force something to happen, that's when it goes pashek. So a a good example, I forced myself to marry the man that I married because I thought, okay, um, well, it was kind of allowing as well, but, I was, I felt forced into it because my father-in-law said, ex-father-in-law said, okay, let's get you married. And within five months I was married and I only knew my husband for two months. And I was like, oh, whoa well, okay, bam, 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 bam. And, but with, with flow, things that with flow were like moving to Paris or, um you know, Going into this MLM job uh, that I took up to validate my self worth because I was feeling useless thing at home, and then when this MLM comes through, and then it leads you to this, and then it leads you to finding your true self, and and then to a point where you discuss about your physical abuse, and then the interview today—that is flow. When we are not forcing things to happen. There is synchronicity and flow. And, and so everything happens for a reason at that time, at that moment. But when we force ourselves to, like, I need to go and do this, and then you're rushing, that mode of rushing and that mode of control, that external control, that's where you are stopped because that's not the pace the universe recognizes And like for accidents when, when you're going too fast you when you crash that's actually the universe stopping you when you're running too fast like i tell my my four-year-old you're going too fast and the next thing bam she falls yeah but whereas my oldest she's a bit more slower or more calm because i've been instilling that in her that slow and steady still wins the race The point is you get to your destination. It's not about how quick you're getting to your destination, but allow it to happen at the pace that it's meant to happen. When you're forcing a relationship, when you're running after someone, hey, love me, show me love, that person would eventually run away. But when you take your time to get into that relationship, you get to know the person, the beauty of it that comes out of the relationship. Even if it's with 30 minutes of a coffee chat per day, that detachment, that That pull away brings you closer. And this is something I I talk to about to my female clients who tend to have that chaos in them where I need to run after this relationship. I need to hold on to this person. But if this person's just a karmic soul connection who's come to teach you of a part of you that you've not addressed, like your I am not good enough, then this person's meant to teach you and go. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what I believe. So control is a massive um, you know, taboo that people don't like to talk about. It's because a lot of us have this control in us, where we, which comes from belief system as well, where we feel, okay, this is how it's meant to be done. This is how I'm going to do it. If I have to wake up and do affirmations, I'm going to control myself to do affirmations. If I have to control myself to do meditation, I'm going to control myself to do that meditation. That is still control. That is still forcing yourself to do it. But if you feel, okay, I want to meditate today. Okay, I want to. I want to connect to the source today. I want to. I want to feel a bit more balance. Yeah, I'm going to do meditation. If I'm not going to meditate tomorrow, if I'm going to go and have a cup of coffee, which is also a way of meditating slowly, just. Taking it easy, taking it slowly, the whole point is about just slowing down. I feel mm-hmm. you know if 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 the orbit system takes three hundred and sixty five days to create a year, why are we rushing through life? If a baby develops ten months in a mother 's womb, why, do, why are we just rushing through to get the baby to walk mm-hmm as soon as possible to start eating solids asap you know like that sort of stuff i come from a culture where a child is meant to walk by 10 months if the child's not walking by 10 months or something's really wrong with this child that's that's what the judgment that revolves around but when we start looking at how we are meant to just let things develop on their own at their own pace it's just beautiful and that's the the other side of the fence that I see now and I'm truly grateful for that. Um yeah. I it's just it's like, <laughs> yeah, you, like you
0: you talk and I just I just want to jump like I just there's so many things I want to like cover with you. But um I'm gonna bring it back to like this last little bit of like what you were just saying because this is something that um I've been thinking a lot about lately because I've been probed in different areas to to be and be forced to think about this so like where you said that a baby is developed in a in a mother's womb for 10 months and then we get out now this child is expected you know in x amount of time they should be here we have these charts to compare them against so we have this populist to compare them against so where they are and they're they're underweight they're overweight you know like they don't speak enough words they do speak more words than enough they they walk soon they ran soon they crawl so like all this stuff that legitimately doesn't mean anything you know, like, it really, like, it, it takes individuality away at a point in time in your life when you should have nothing but individuality. But this is my question to you, is that we are the apex species on this planet fundamentally, right? Theoretically. There's obviously some conjecture there, but human beings are. But there is not another species of Anything on this planet that is born more vulnerable into this world than what we are. Like, we can't walk. We can't talk. We are completely defenseless. Like, anything else that is born usually is walking, running, or fending for themselves within hours or days. Or else they are just, they are left to die. Like, that's nature. But we aren't. Like we are specifically designed to be nurtured, but
1: we—it's like we are experiments.
0: Yeah, but we don't do it. We don't. We don't take that time and actually legitimately nurture. Although, if we stopped and took a step outside of like birthing experience and just you know, and I'm talking like outside of a, a mother's role, outside of a father's role, and outside of a community's role, but just looked at like this human being when they're brought into this world is specifically designed to be nurtured and that is it and allowed for like individual fundamental growth it's just but like we just we skip past it all from the second that they're born
1: yeah absolutely and I think one one core value that we do tend to skip past is love Mm -hmm. like doing everything with love cooking with love I I have music going on, which is, I don't even know the language, Hindi, but I have Bollywood music going on because it's so upbeat and, you know, like, and I'm cooking and as I'm slicing the onions, I'm sending that vibration of love into food and feeding my children. Mm -hmm. You know, and everything that we're meant to do is with love. We bathe them with love. We lift them up with love. But as a person who went through postnatal, I was absolutely disconnected. I could not feel myself. And, and then coming to this journey of consciousness, of feeling and loving and doing everything with love and detachment and letting them go, you know, that is all with love. And something that I was recently talking to someone about was detachment is love as well. When you let something go and you let someone go, there is love in it. Mm-hmm. There's so much love in it. And I think that's where we are separated from the animal kingdom, where the animal kingdom naturally allow love and detachment. Yep. And then say, no, you got to still be in this bird's nest till the day you die, you know, because mummy needs you. You need to take care of me. No, mummy mm-hmm. bird doesn't say that. She's like, go, fly. Yeah. Fly, do what you want to do. Go miles away. Go, go meet your your soulmate on the other side. You know, but yeah. whereas we we tend to, well, I won't say we in general, but there are certain cultures, especially in Asian cultures, like you still stick around until you get married, yeah. until I say you are ready to go. You know that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. So there's there's love in leaving in detachment and letting the child free and not controlling once again yeah control we think love is control because we grow up in control that our our programming for nurturing is so wrong as we are growing up in the sense where it has to be this way Yeah, because we think love has to be
0: designed, right? Like we think there's like design behind it, instead of like a marination. Because if we looked at it, then you know, if it was just truly a marination, like we would allow the freedom in it to be that, you know. But the more that we look at it, be you know, but we can understand like why it has to be designed. Like you look at it's like. I'm going to meet somebody on the street. I'm going to touch their hand. I'm going to know like that, that's going to be my spark. And I will know forever. I will live with this person in complete unadulterated happiness. And that's forever it, you know, we're going to have the, you know, like the white picket fence, you know, we're going to have like the 2.5 kids and the dog and the house and like the cars and like, you know, but it's like that imagery alone allows for design not for Mm -hmm. marination and if you look at anything to do with like like say Taoist philosophy where like there's there is no past try not to identify a path because life is like the happiness of life is allowing the transient nature to life in its entirety you know but if we allowed that with you know with the our deepest fundamental um, components of like what make us which is love and acceptance we would be a lot more pure, but we, we design a journey. We just, we don't allow the process to naturally happen. It's like this pre-designed journey, the same thing that like you said, we're born. Now you walk at 10 months. Now you have your first solids at a year. Okay. You know, now you're this, you know, okay, well now you're, you know, five, you go to kindergarten and six you're in grade one. And you know, when you're 18, you graduate, then you got to get married. You're not leaving the house. So I tell you, you're ready. It's like all these things that are just Designed programs and designed systems that are supposed to propagate happiness. But what we know now is they do anything but. We're sitting there thinking, like, okay, well, now people are going to have the trauma inside of them, the emotions, the vibration saying, like, this is all I know. All I know is being told how to love, being told how to walk, being told how to live life, being told what to eat, being told when to eat it, being told where to live, being told what to dress, being able to, what image I should have. Cause so then just saying like, look, you know, like you're born and that's it. And if our world was our world, of what we were supposed to be our world, our children could step outside of that and just, they could go wander around, you know, kind of like, like old school, you know, like parenting where like children would wander from house to house and park to park and friend to friend. And they would pick up little bits on that all the time. And I look, that's what I, you know, did when I was like, you just, you accumulated little breadcrumbs from all of these little different environments that just allowed you to be able to be a little bit more successful. But I look at still everything that I went through, like in my life, but again, it's the beauty about moments like this is that then you can share that like these podcasts, you can share that and saying like, we went through this, but this is why we need to stop this. This is the reason why we need to just allow, you know, for a little bit more of just like an unadulterated transient journey through life and saying sponge it all in, soak it all in, understand who you are, what you represent, like what actually means something to you? Because like, when was the last time people stopped and just asked somebody else or asked their children or asked their friend or their partner or anybody like, like what actually means something to you? Like, why do you wake up in a day? Like, what do you want to wake up for? You know, like, what is that thing? Like, do you know? Have you investigated enough? Or like, what can we all do to allow that to mature?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Taking the words right out of my mouth. You know, why don't we just let it be? And um, it's just beautiful when we see children teach us, and and having two girls they taught me to drop this control of you've got to sit this way. The crumbs cannot fall. You know, like, it's like, yes, we were meant to just be grubby and dirty and let it be, just let it be. That's the whole, whole quest. I would say just let it be and be in oneness, the oneness of, and and how much of control goes on around the world with wars and, oil and fighting for this and that you know it just it's just so much chaos that brings out of it and no goodness and that's the tipping point that we need to see that control has got so much more damage where you know when we just let it happen like our talk today it just flowed in Mm -hmm. and and the beauty of it that comes out of it Mm -hmm. and when we just let things be as they are we just let the flowers bloom as they are it's just so much beauty
0: how right. much chaos do you think that we all get infused into us because we are feet on the ground you know and like like obviously there's a big uh, component to like feeling connected with nature like taking your shoes off getting your feet into the soil but i just mean like because there's the chaos in the world like what you just described, like. There's religious chaos, there's oil chaos, there's, you know, like, all these different, like, you know, forms of chaos in the world, you know, but we're essentially infusing that chaos into our planet. And we are all standing in our planet, eating parts of our planet, drinking parts of our planet, like, interacting, like, with our planet. So, we're, we're infusing that energy into everything and just becoming this perpetual cycle where it's not just, like, it's not prioritized to a singular region anymore. If there's conflict in America, we're essentially infusing that conflict in England, Australia, you know, like Italy, like in the like, you know, like we're infusing and in, in transferring like that energy across the world. But there's there's so much chaos in the world right now. And like like how much of a role do you think like in our everyday lives that we're just kind of soaking in this chaos that's happening around the world, whether or not we're connected with watching it in the news reels or not but like it's just being put into our earth and you know again like we're, we're our earth is nourishing like who we are like as people but like we're infusing a ton of chaos and negative energy into this thing that we all stand on that allows us to be able to survive like where do you think we are in that
1: that's a very good question i don't resent chaos as much When, as much as, yes, I grew up in chaos, my kind of chaos was inflicted. Mm -hmm. Um, It could have been avoided. But if it's chaos to create, I don't resent it. If it's chaos that has happened to create. So obviously this chaos happened as I was growing up to create this person in me who wants to heal people. It, it, this chaos created the healer. So there is still goodness in chaos. In terms of percentage of how much of chaos is there in the world, I believe that the universe has everything in order. Mm. There's 50% chaos. There is 50% calmness. So just to share an example that I, I truly remember from my mentor. When Michael Jackson passed away, as much as the has 50% probably believes he was the pedophile that he was, and he was that abuser. Um, another 50% was still say, oh, he was great. His music was great. So when he passed away, the EMF field of the planet actually shot up because the world went into, oh, he's died. Mm-hmm. And this was the same thing that happened with Princess Diana as well. When she passed, the EMF field rose. So even in death, there's creation. Even in chaos, there is creation. There's, there's always a universal balance to it. And recently when Kobe Bryant passed away, the EMF field also rose and his death was predicted. Mm -hmm. This change that was going to happen vibrationally to the planet was predicted. Mm -hmm. So we need this chaos to create. We also need to let chaos alone, like there there has to be a balance and there's always a balance that's universally always timed. Mm -hmm. So Should we control chaos? No. Let chaos happen and take a step back because it will come to an end. That's what I believe.
0: Why do you think right now, at this point in time in life, arguably in our world, more people are focused on personal journeys of connecting with who they are, like you know and grounding themselves grounding their energy understanding their energy understanding their love um why do you think that it's becoming so mainstream right now do you think that there's something profound about to happen do you think that this is the world balancing itself out because there's been so much chaos you know do you think that the more things that happen like Princess Diana, Michael Jackson, Kobe Bryant—you know, like a life. These, these, these snippets in time where we stop and say, "Life is short. Life is valuable. It had like death happens to everybody, and nobody can like, you know, supersede it. And but it seems like right now more people are on a quest, like personal journeys of enlightenment." globally because like before there's always like the the seekers the journey seekers that would migrate somewhere to seek that out but that was only the most extreme people wanting to seek that enlightenment journey but now all the people who didn't buy the plane ticket to get there all the fence sitters thinking about the plane ticket all the fence sitters thinking about being a fence sitter like all the people it's just kind of like a little bit idea because of things like social media, because of you know, like you know um, self published books and you know like all these different and podcasts all these different avenues, it seems like and maybe it's just the world that I'm in um, it seems like quests for simplistic enlightenment is at an all time high oh,
1: I totally agree, and I believe we stepped into the age of awakening. see if you look at it in terms of timeline so in the 1940s or 1930s onwards we were having all these war that was going on and then we went into the hippie phase and then there was the Beatles and the music and hippies and then we went into this phase of okay there's going to be another bunch of war Gulf War and blah 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 and then now we are at a phase of awakening again because the hippies time was also a phase where everyone was learning to let go and you know, um, sexually, physically, everything was like going into a phase of letting go. And so now, I think it was the it was in 2012 that was predicted by the um, Mayan tribe that we were going to be awakening. And I feel it was it's been since then, as much as Jim Ron was was around eons ago, but it's now that he's prodigy, like Tim, Tony, Tony Robbins. And then Tony Robbins' sidekicks are all branching out and everyone's going to all these people to develop themselves personally. And it's like a, some sort of a magnetism that's happening that everyone's getting attracted to finding themselves. Because the words going around vibrationally, people are feeling each other vibrationally, like, hey, you look different. What have you done to yourself? No, you've not had a facial, but something energetically has changed about you. Mm -hmm. So I feel the age of awakening is people are awakening to fine tune their energy because they're understanding the law of attraction there. So the age of awakening is basically the awakening of understanding what is in us and what we need to look into. Mm -hmm. So we are awakening from insight That's what I truly feel is happening right now where the masses are tuning in and looking inwards and not really outwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And like, I actually find not only for myself, but from all the people I've ran into locally, nationally, internationally, When you choose to want to connect with who you are as a person and really understand what peaceful happiness feels like inside you, it's so easy to attain and work towards when you realize how hard it is to work towards a house or a car or a bank account, or this XYZ job with this XYZ salary attached to it, that like all those things to me seem like fundamental challenges. And the, but the more I understand how easy it is to be able to manifest, I guess you could call it just love for myself, understanding and peacefulness of my own thought process towards me as an individual, Those things just gravitate around you. Like they don't, it's not something you strive to achieve, but for some reason they just end up being there. You're like, well, how did that happen? Like, why did that happen? You know, like I worked so hard to get this thing, never happened, connected more with who I am. And I see it with people all the time. The more that they just stop and say, no, I need this thing, this energy source in housed inside this physical being to feel good. I need to feel good. I need to wake up every day. And I want to start my day. I have a purpose to start my day. I feel good about ceremony. I have a feel good about living my day. I feel good about going to bed at the end of that day. That all those things you're, you wake up and you're just like, well, how do I have these things now? Like that doesn't make any sense because It seems like completely the opposite. You almost feel selfish for doing all of this work on yourself and understanding who you are, what makes you tick, and changing the energy that you have about yourself, how you see yourself in the mirror, how you reflect in your own eyes. And then you're just like, wow, like is this actually feels like what life is supposed to be like when you're living it. Like, yeah. Now I get it
1: yeah me too. Now I get it you know um, and and when I started this journey and when, i would say i'm the I'm the one person in the family has who's actually gone into this journey, so i'm surrounded by ignorant family members who do not understand what I am talking about. Mm-hmm. Maybe my mom does she because she's seen the change in me um, but Ever so often I heard, why are you wasting your money in these courses? But when I look at what I've actually attained on the outside vibrationally, that is priceless. That is absolutely priceless. You cannot put a price value to it. And if I take a step back and and see if I've gained, not that I was expecting any sort of um, monetary gain from doing the personal development job, uh the workshops and stuff but if i take a step back and ask myself what have i gained? i would say financially i've gained so much more mm-hmm. without me knowing so yeah like what you said things gravitate towards you when you make that change in you to allow flow mm-hmm. and no longer being that i'm working towards this promotion i'm I'm searching for this this person to become my partner i'm searching for for you know that that constant search which is also control that control that is this infused in that searching and also like what we said you know all these these um um how to say like you're you're controlling yourself to to gravitate towards a higher being but there's still control in there, that vibration of control. So yes, you still, you still can do all the personal development, but when you don't do the work, which actually the work is to let go and allow things to gravitate towards you, that's where you actually have given value to what you learned. Mm. Wow.
0: What a drop the mic moment. That is just <laughs> like... I think that like as much as I don't want to, I think that that is the perfect food for thought to be able to wrap this up because like that, that is really like the essence of the entire conversation is like just taking that, that time to understand why you're doing everything that you're doing and connecting with how it's actually going to take effect in your life.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: How can people get a hold of you? Drop some, drop some social media handles and some, some email addresses and URLs and, and anything that you want to share.
1: So I'm based in Perth, but um, I do have clients internationally. So I do conduct my trauma release by um, online face to face because um, I love to see that aha moment on their face when they let go of that trauma. Mm. Um, so I'm not just confined to, to service, provide my service in Perth. Um, I have a page called Lead to Holistic, which is a W, mm. as we are talking about being whole. So holistic is a W-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, life. Um, and of course, RJ actually stands for a really long name. But uh, all you need to do is just plug into my business page. And if you want, you can also follow the Om Sisters, which is a page where we um, send through spiritual positive vibration um, for those who need it, So, uh, which is in the form of Reiki yeah. um, with a lot of love and light that we send out. Um, yeah, and my email address, you can, yeah, I wouldn't complicate it too much, but yeah, just through my business page and I would definitely be able to Connect with you. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much. I just I the value that I get out of conversations with people like you is just is one of those things that you could never explain. And I know that everybody listening to like will get exactly the same thing that I got out of it too. And just it's it just connection with heart, connection with energy, connection with soul. Like it just it's really truly been one of those conversations for, for me tonight. And that's why I just I trust the world when the worlds energy says you need to reach out to this person and you need to be able to facilitate this conversation because like this has been one of those ones to me that like i I truly won't forget
1: thank you, and likewise, you know um yeah it's it's like you were a catalyst to to help me speak up, you know, so thank you so much, thank you so much for the opportunity and I'm glad that I didn't say no, I didn't control that yeah. um and and yes the 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 takeaway from our our chat would be to not suppress and not control what we're meant to speak up about at the end of the day yeah absolutely absolutely
0: well thank you so much rj i really appreciate it
1: thank you Blake. thank you so much